0: Hello and welcome to Are You a Weezer Fan. As always, I'm John, here with Bill.
1: They made more albums after Blue?
0: show that brings you the chronological story of Weezer history, music, and lore.
1: Bill, what are we doing today? It is time for the second album of Weezer, and thus the second chapter of our podcast. We're covering uh, writing Pinkerton, recording Pinkerton, and just up to uh, the release of Pinkerton.
0: Awesome, yeah. Um, so... The official start of chapter two, if you will, of the uh, Weezer story. Um, Pankerton. I mean, what we know now in 2023 as uh, one of our favorites, one of uh, the most influential to a bunch of the stuff that we listen to currently. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't initially received that way
1: no Pinkerton has had a lot of different ups and downs and we'll we'll cover all of those
0: yeah
1: uh so let's do our best to tell that story
0: I think let's just go ahead and jump into it we ended um our last kind of segment with being on the road with weezer for a an insane giant, schedule
1: giant tour yeah they finally well actually the Pinkerton story, Starts at the end of that, not even when the tour is over, but kind of when they're still on the road because, uh, right, because uh, they had been writing, I mean, not Pinkerton songs, but other material at this time, right? Right, and actually, at least one Pinkerton song, okay, did start in '93, but Rivers, uh, decides he wants to go to college during this blue tour,
0: yeah. So that's going to throw kind of everything a little bit into a loop as at the end of this blue tour, we're like in August of 95. Rivers is set to start college at Harvard. Uh, I assume by the end of August of 95, from what I know of the American school year that I took <laughs> part in for a bit of a year. Um and Matt Sharp, is it's, he's got some other stuff going on after this Blue Album tour, uh, working on his side project, The
1: Rentals. Right. Well, Rivers was kind of hinting that he was going to be taking a break, and everybody else, they're musicians and they want to play music. So everyone else in the band started more bands. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Matt Sharp is working with The Rentals. Pat Wilson was working on a band called Special Goodness, and uh, Brian Bell was working with Space Twins.
1: Space Twins. Space Twins. Space Twins. Kinda, I, kinda, I like that name. I was about to say I don't know. I don't know which one I hate more. See, I like the I like the Rentals. I, I like all of them. I think Special Goodness is a great band. Ah, Special I, Goodness I is that. terrible. <laughs> I fucking love that. Um,
0: but yeah. So Rivers is at Harvard. And all the other guys are just kind of doing some musical stuff. And it would kind of feel like this songwriting was coming. Like, who knows? But, like, there's some very interesting backstory on a few, like, the, the, yeah, the, the it, rock opera. It, no, yeah, talk a, about the rock old, opera that never happened. It's
1: a big old mess. Uh, a space rock opera has to get created by Rivers to get to Pinkerton. So uh, apparently, this is where it all starts, is at the end of every night of concerts for the Blue Tour, says Rivers, he would listen to recordings of an an opera, not a space or a rock opera, an actual opera called Madama Butterfly, which in turn was taken from a short story called Madame Butterfly, which was written in 1898. Like, because Rivers goes to college for classical music, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it was a classical composition. Yeah, so he actually does, like, love this stuff. So he is listening to Madama Butterfly, which the story of Madama Butterfly is important to what becomes Pinkerton. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the story of this opera. We have main characters, Lieutenant... BF Pinkerton you can kind of see how that one <laughs> made its way yep okay um uh, the uh, main main woman of the story Chocho Cho San might, yep, yep, might that made it s- sound familiar <laughs> uh their matchmaker Goro which Mortal combat 1s coming out soon so i just wanted to Shoehorn in some yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yep. That is literally, yeah, it's gonna only, be a fun game. Yep. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So the story of Madama Butterfly is it takes place in 1904. This uh, l- lieutenant in the navy, Pinkerton, gets a house in Nagasaki. He um, gets himself a 15 year old Japanese wife for convenience sake. Before he gets a proper American wife, you can always <laughs> you can already see. Some problematic things that make it to the album Pinkerton, he just straight up lifted from a 1908 uh, opera, 1904. So he has his child bride who loves him dearly. And she, uh, she converts to Christianity for him. She like decks out the house and all his favorite American stuff. She gets pregnant and Pinkerton bails, but he says he's coming back. Now, Rivers says that he sees Pinkerton as, like, the equivalent of a rock and roll musician out on tour. So that's kind of the role he's putting himself in. Um, so Cho-Cho-San's bombed. Everybody keeps telling her to let it go. And uh, Pinkerton, he's eventually come back. And uh, Cho-Cho-San's stoked. And Pinkerton shows up with his new wife, Kate. And he told Kate about this baby that he has in Japan. And Pinkerton and Kate decide they're going to raise Cho-Cho-San's baby and just take it from her. I know, right? <laughs> this is why we need video so you can see John's eyeballs. Um, but so when he's there, he sees, like, that Chocho Cho san always loved him, set the house up, like, never changed anything. And he just straight, like, arrested developments. I've made a huge mistake. And he's going to go take Chocho Cho san back, but she's already killed herself. And that is the story of Madama Butterfly.
0: Goddamn. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's a tragic opera, but he says that he just listened to this over and over and over and over. So that was dark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But importantly, we've got Pinkerton. Yes. We've got Chocho San. Yes. We've got... Men acting like dicks to 15-year-old Japanese girls. Men acting like dicks to Japanese
1: girls.
0: (laughs) In the story of the opera, 15.
1: So, yes, correct. 15-year-old Japanese girl that he marries for convenience.
0: Bill, what else does
1: that have to do with Pinkerton and the
0: songwriting process of Pinkerton? So he essentially wants to adapt that.
1: So, but he wants to put it in space. As well, you should. <laughs> but we're, we're not married to that. I don't know if you should. They're, yeah, they're, so. they're a
0: simple agricultural
1: people in space. In space. <laughs> <laughs> they need loam. Um, God, it's a lot. So, Rivers wants to write his space opera, and he does. He writes this entire thing. I listened to all 55 minutes of it yesterday. It is a full on musical. Like it's, they're singing how they feel at each other. You know how shitty musicals do that a lot. Yep. There's like not, this whole thing is called songs from the black hole. And this is going to be the second album for Weezer. Rivers wanted more synth than blue. He didn't want any synth on blue. And he was going to make this his synth heavy space rock opera. There's no, like, I, I want to say there's no singles, but there's songs that made it from that onto Pinkerton because he he's, like, writing this, and he has a surgery on his leg. He starts popping a lot of painkillers. He's in Harvard by himself. He doesn't, like, really make friends. He just hangs out in his dorm, and uh, it kind of swades him off of uh, his happy-go-lucky shitty male protagonist space opera he was wanting to write like that whole thing just he loses interest in the concept because it's not how he feels anymore which is the that that's strange to me too right yeah
0: uh but probably for the better in the grand scheme of things um but even if it was not a song that made it out of that project it was a song that did make it to Pinkerton. That was also definitely influenced by this uh, butterfly.
1: Yeah. Well, so yeah, butterfly was not written for songs from the black hole. He, it was still just like this kind of, kind of a remnant from that. Exactly. It lived with him for like years, this thing he wanted to write. Um, He got like the whole band in on it though. Like these demos are full. a A lot of them sound as fleshed out as Pinkerton is. But everybody had their own little roles. Uh, Rivers was playing Jonas, the captain. Carl Cook was voicing a robot, which you can hear on the demos. Uh, Brian Bell was wu I don't know how you pronounce that. Sharp had a role. And then he even brought in... Um, uh, what's her name? Hayden. Rachel Hayden from that dog to be one of the like main's main characters and uh, Wasser, Joanne Wasser from the Dam builders, both bands that they toured with on the blue cycle. So they are essentially the other lead singers of Weezer for this album that never came out. Okay. Um, and if that sounds like a lot of information, it's cause if, it it's is. Cause it is. And that <clears throat> falls apart into a much, much simpler concept after they did a recording session.
0: So it seems like with this robust, insane story that you told me, the first recording session for Pinkerton must have been like after, uh, Rivers' first year at Harvard, right? <laughs> You're setting me up for this. No, it was not. <laughs> no, it was actually seven
1: days after the Blue Tour. They finished the <laughs> tour. Rivers was about to go ahead and to start his first semester, and they went, wait, 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 wait. Let's do two weeks of a recording session. Was it two weeks? <laughs> I, I don't know. Weezerpedia is <laughs> a lot to manage, and a couple sentences get a little screwy, but it appears to be about a two-week recording session. Where they crank out, um, so they did some more songs from Songs from the Black Hole that okay. got scrapped. But the ones that they kept and made it onto Pinkerton are Tired of Sex, Get You, No Other One, and Why Bother. Okay, so they knock out the first four tracks on the album yes. right in the first session. Right there in that
0: session. Okay. um, Damn. All right. Then, so session one ends they knock out a couple tracks Uh, a few things that we really want to note here before we get going I mean I just the one that I want to hit on this super important this is again happening this session happened late August at Electric Lady Studios in New York City you remember this is the same studio where they recorded the Blue Album there is a big 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 absence Uh, yeah Rick Okasic is not here. And not just Rick Okasic is not here. There's no producer here. Yeah. Weezer is
1: self producing Pinkerton. That is correct. I think that's the only way you can do a space opera. But we also know they didn't want to have a producer the first time around.
0: Right. So even when they scrap the space opera entirely and they're just going to do a pretty standard Weezer album. Like, you know, self-produced is what they were going for the entire time. They never really wanted a producer on the first album. And even when it went incredibly well, they, you know, that was kind of ammo for them to be like, you know, see, we're real. Now let us do our own thing. Right. Um but So, yeah, yeah they, they
1: knock out session one and then... Rivers goes to Harvard, which is why he cannot appear to claim his VMA for Best Alternative Video.
0: Yeah, and Pat Wilson is not there either. Yeah, I, that I can't we don't figure really out know. where he was at. I mean, he could have did vacation, doing something, who knows. But
1: Pat Wilson was not there. Um, but Yeah, uh, Matt Sharp. Weird video. Matt Sharp, Brian Bell, Spike Jones, the director, claimed the award with Carl Cooks there. And so is, if you remember from episode 0. 0.5, uh, Pat Finn. Yeah, and so this is the uh, VMA for Best
0: Alternative Video uh, for Buddy Holly, correct?
1: Yes, awarded to them by Dennis Rodman and Christopher Walken. It it was the nineties. It was very that 90s. is
0: that is a fucking nineties pair if I've ever heard one. Yeah, giving an award
1: to Weasel. <laughs> it's
0: it's the nineties. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. But what was notable about that when we watched it, um, and. I couldn't tell if it was a bit or just something that made me feel weird, but it felt like Brian Bell was earnestly accepting an award.
1: It did. It did. And like Matt Sharp was kind of being a dick. He was having a goof. He put on a funny little accent. He said, "I love being in this country so much."
0: Yeah, um and he did thank Spike Jones and, you know, but Spike Jones did a lot of work for Two really good fucking videos for Blue. Yeah, Um, you know
1: what? He was probably nominated for a bunch of shit at the VMAs. Yeah, but yeah,
0: that that felt weird. Um, So, uh, I hey, if you know the ultimate story of Weezer, you know that Matt Sharp getting weird around Pickerton. That's gonna come up later.
1: (laughs) Spoilers, John.
0: Yeah, sorry. Um, But that happens, and then for the rest of a you know little bit while rivers is at school uh the guys are just doing their side projects and then they get together for a second session and what that was uh january of 96 was yeah. it yeah well
1: rivers has winter break he's been writing songs in his dorm now that he's steered more towards uh not doing a full-on space opera anymore space rock opera he's writing songs for pinkerton now and then they get a winter break so they head to uh sound city in california to record the rest of this album.
0: Okay. So the first time they've re- like officially recorded Weezer studio material outside of Sound City. Yeah. Um, or outside of Electric Lady. Uh, yes. Thank yeah. you. Outside of Electric Lady. Um, and they knock out a couple tracks here. So they get out uh, El Scorcho and Pink Triangle. Anything else? Am I missing anything? No, just uh, those two it looks like. Those
1: are the hits, though, or the radio singles. There are really no Hits from this album, but those are the singles, and also, mind you, El Scorcho definitely has um some of the uh Madame Butterfly. oh, stuff yes. Lifted absolutely. Out of it. yeah. so yeah, he, again, like I he lived in that opera for like two years, so it it's all over this album, it just
0: which is so funny because, like, we have spent so much time telling the story of Weezer and Rivers, and we have not even hit on the fact that, like, Rivers was obsessed with this thing for two years during the two years that we just extensively <laughs> yeah. fucking talked about. well, no, like six it, weeks, I mean, it kind of
1: seemed like it was a secret to him. Like it's what he did. Like when they got off stage, like he'd go listen to this by himself. And then when he continued to work on it, it was by himself in his dorm or in his hotel rooms. Fascinating.
0: Yeah. And right.
1: then, well, so then uh, winter breaks over, Rivers goes back to Harvard, right. writes more songs, and then we get spring break. We assume yeah,
0: so it was listed as spring of 96 for a one-week session. Yeah. Sorry, we did Um, not look up Harvard's spring break times in 1996. No, but regardless, we're assuming that that one-week session was a spring break. Uh, And in that one, they finish up the album. They get Across the Sea, The Good Life, Fallen For You, and
1: maybe Butterfly? Yeah, it seems like Butterfly happened... uh, at this session, there, there's one more session, but it seems to mostly be to uh, clean up the rest of the... Clean up all the songs, and they try to crank out two more, and it just doesn't happen for some reason. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think Butterfly did happen on uh, that third session, which sure. we'll also get into a little bit more in depth during the song by song.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think we're almost about ready to
1: jump into this. Anything else you want to hit? Um before we do? No, I think we'll talk about it more. Like you said, not having a producer is important to this album. Yeah, no producer. They wrap it up in that final session, um, and the album is done and finally ready to come out. Yes, yeah, so it drops
0: uh, September 24th, 1996.
1: And it drops to... it. Everything always says mixed reception, but the reception... The critics seem to like it for the most part.
0: It, it was, like, honestly, when I see 7 out of 10s pretty much across the board when it came out, that to me is at least not bad. Yeah. Uh, but commercially... There's yeah, where it really uh, yeah, It did not sell what Weezer was expecting to sell or what Weezer's label was expecting Weezer to sell. Oh, after yeah, awful.
1: yeah, after Blue, with the massive success of that, this did not uh did not match it that
0: being said uh (laughs) listen to track one on one of our favorite albums bill tired of sex I mean, so we get a lot to talk about there, but the, holy shit, that's a good song, man. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a great way to start the album and, like, really shake it up from what Blue was, I feel like. Yeah, because I think you get kind of like
0: that, like, the synth is there in this song. Yeah. But it sounds
1: broken, almost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Like, the whole song's really disjointed it, it, until the, like, second verse even the whole song sounds uh, low quality almost like not the full production that blue had Mm -hmm. like the sonically the textures are just weird and even that that guitar solo is way different than just them playing the like course i was gonna say
0: that's uh very uncharacteristic of a weezer solo typically they just play like the vocal melody as a guitar
1: line. Um, And the weirdest part about how different this song is, is that it was written at the end of 1993. I mean, it wasn't a completed piece by then by any means, but, like, this is the oldest song on the album.
0: Okay. Huh. Um, You've you've got a note here that says, Rock you like a hurricane.
1: Talk to me (laughs) Bill. So... Um, we're going to have to probably just do a whole episode at some point. Um, Rivers Cuomo steals a lot of shit. There's no way around. I'm, I'm, you can't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily. And it's a thing that he does. Right. He's, he's creating Frankenstein's monster. He's taking legs. (laughs) He's taking arms. He's taking toes. But whenever he cites a song that he says he stole, I don't hear it. Okay. He says he took the guitar riff from Rocky Like a Hurricane. I they, dem- I don't hear it. <laughs> okay. And I think whenever he makes the claim, I feel like it's to distract me of something else he's stealing. It's like, oh, yeah, he admitted he took that, but he's not going to admit that he took this. But I don't think he took the first thing. Mm. Okay. All right. I don't know. Write in. Uh, Write in and let us know if you hear it because I don't hear it yeah i don't think i do either
0: but who fucking knows um all right let's get just hop into track two um keep rolling yeah so uh just to remind anybody that's still with us these first four songs we're listening to um all came off of the first recording session before rivers took his first class at harvard yes all right track two get you i uh-huh. 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 uh-huh.
1: God damn. I was about to comment that or I was thinking while we were listening that this one started to follow the Weezer formula more, and then the solo hit and it doesn't again it doesn't again
0: um okay so my takeaway from this one and really the first two tracks as a whole um man the obvious obvious influence from this album to what we know currently in like modern day emo yes the lyricism to what we are seeing, I mean, I mean, they're not really around anymore, but like let's just imagine a world in which a modern baseball puts out a song like "Get you like it fucking hits
1: it hits all the goddamn time, and you yeah. know it does the synth we got synth I when I kept reading about he wanted to save synth for the second album, I was like, well, that didn't happen, and now that I'm actually listening for synth, so far, we're two for two well,
0: one. Like, it's here, and two, we know that he wanted it for Black Hole. Right, right. So, the songs that are kind of making it out of there, as well as, like, where his songwriting is at, at the time after he scrapped it a little bit, uh is something that's a little bit more receptive to it. Uh And to me, I love it to fucking death. Like, we, we think about the first album where he's working with Rick Ocasek of the Cars, who has brought in a very good synth into his <laughs> music, and he's reluctant into bring it into his own. And then he comes back with a self-produced second album, and he keeps coming back with, like, honestly a more, like, the, the synth tone on this album is closer to Nine Inch Nails than it is the Cars a lot of the time. <laughs> and, like, fuck
1: yeah yeah I mean like you could probably say that about a lot of this so far like we've had some screaming We like the guitar solos are super noisy the crunch on some of the instruments is almost industrial yeah um,
0: man it's been fun I, li- I like that song
1: That that's probably my song on the album personally <sighs> maybe okay. Uh, well
0: what do we got next uh, track 3 the third song recorded in session 1 uh, no other one
1: That sounds like Blue Album. More sounds
0: more like Blue <laughs> Album, but this like, it's still just so much louder and so much heavier and so much less poppy. It is definitely, and I think that led
1: to the critical failure that's going to befall this album. I think <laughs> I think what we are seeing is we're breaking the Weezer formula, and it's not selling. <laughs> yeah, um, I
0: think. They're going a little bit more paper face than (laughs)
1: people want. Um, So, okay. um, These first four songs all in the same session were supposed to be in a rock opera. And this song, okay, I, I was trying to crunch the whole thing, so I forgot to tell you guys what the actual story of Songs from the Black Hole is. It is inspired by Madama Butterfly, but it's not exactly that. Uh, On this spaceship, Rivers is in a love triangle with a good girl and a bad girl. And this song, the lyrics are about him realizing he loves the bad girl after she gives birth to his child. Because it's a stupid space song. (laughs) But that is the no other one. He is singing to the character of Maria. Interesting. Okay, because we have heard on the blue
0: album um songs about him kind of being the asshole in their relationship <laughs> yeah and then lyrically this one feels like uh writing from the perspective of being the one in the relationship that's been wronged by an asshole but it also feels like it's written from an insincere perspective because, like, like it doesn't feel like a real... Because r- it's not. Yeah. It's, it's a, on a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> We're not married to that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: What's track four, Jim?
0: Uh, Track four, we got Why Bother. Um, another song that I think lyrically Weezer has gotten some shit for... And I completely defend as a, like, if modern baseball put this out tomorrow, you would be, like, eating it the fuck up. So, track four. Bye-bye. So we're going to continue with the theme of this album breaks the Weezer formula. It's, it's not, it, it's still, we are like four for four now on not having guitar solo that is the vocal melody, Yeah, which the more I am listening to it now in this is just making me feel sad. <laughs> because like knowing how a lot of the story goes and knowing how Pinkerton doesn't really land that well and how it affects a lot of shit going forward. Like we know that a Weezer guitar solo typically is just matching the vocal melody because it's what they did on blue. And so the, what they did after Pinkerton, which is really making me feel like a lot of their career post Pinkerton, at least directly after it was a response to, to how shitty
1: they felt about Pinkerton. Oh, absolutely. And that
0: makes me sad.
1: Absolutely. Well like we're we are going to talk about that probably on a later episode because that's a Yeah. That's a it's, whole that's it, a whole
0: ass topic that's hitting me in the middle of why bother.
1: <laughs> well it it does change the trajectory of the band, which is crazy. And I mean again we are on space opera songs. <laughs> um This is the last time I'll mention it because we're out of space opera songs after this. From now on, we just actually talk about Madam Butterfly. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, so two things. The character of Maria, who I previously said was voiced by Joanne Wasser of the Dam Builders, did not voice that character on any of the albums or any of the demos. For these parts, Rivers just pitched up his voice. So when you're listening okay. to the collected works that are um, known as Songs from the Black Hole, you get confused if you're listening to Rivers Sing or not because sometimes it's him pitched up. And uh, Joanna Wasser said that um, it was news to her that she was supposed to play this character until she found out about it on a Weezer fan on MySpace. <laughs> okay, um, that's about that's about the end of our songs from the black hole journey
0: okay i Um, I hope yeah and that is also the end of the journey of
1: session one yeah so these were most of these songs were written way before we went into the studio to do this album so now we it's so funny (laughs) to
0: me especially why bother because why bother feels like
1: such a song written in a dorm room absolutely but like we're about to get into songs written in a dorm (laughs) room all
0: right well (laughs) wow uh we're hopping into a doozy here should we just do track five across the sea yes we should All right, we got a lot to unpack there. We do. First and foremost, longest song in the album oh. uh, at 4 minutes 32. Oh, no, Butterfly is longer than that. It's got to be right.
1: No, but, I don't think so. Butterfly is quick, man.
0: All right, but okay, then 4 minutes 32, because <laughs> we got 10 minutes and 34. Yeah, 10 songs happen in 34 minutes here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they said it was d- done on purpose. Uh, what was the exact word? But they, they made it short with intention of it being short, not because they didn't have the material. Okay, yeah. And uh, musically, Across the Sea is fucking awesome. That's aggressive as shit. Like, th- the solo part has, like, two competing solos, like, bouncing on off both ears. They have not panned. I definitely recommend listening to this with some kick-ass headphones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Get yourself uh, some nice studio monitors and hear everything the way that it's supposed to be because that the little kind of back and mm-hmm. forth part is magnificent uh this one was actually recorded in the third session right uh but does not at all musically feel like a departure from anything that happened in that first session that kind of you know bleeds Yeah, the first part of that they, album. they
1: kept the same unpolished aggression in the instruments yeah which um, is another thing they're on the uh, Deluxe edition of Pinkerton, there's a clip from an interview where a fan asks, like, why does it sound this way? And Rivers is essentially like, that's how we wanted it to sound. And he's like, but it sounds like cheaper. And he's like, yeah, we didn't want to smooth it out like we did the first album. Yeah. They, we, they made us do that. Yep. Uh,
0: so this was one of the songs that was written at Harvard. Um, and it's got a story. Like, it, it is absolutely <laughs> about... Rivers receiving a letter from yeah, a fan in fan Japan, um, and it it has been cited as one of like the main. And this is coming straight from fucking Weezerpedia, <laughs> Uh that like it's one of the main reasons that uh, Rivers decided to abandon songs from the Black Hole mm-hmm. and
1: go with and release Pinkerton. Yeah, um, it's like he started like to get life experience at college that made him want to write about real life instead of, I guess being on tour for blue is probably a really isolating war. They taught, R- R- rivers has talked about it in a interview. He said, you have like 200 conversations a night. They all last about 30 seconds and then he would go to his hotel and listen to his opera that he likes. Huh. So he wasn't really interacting with anybody. And, uh, the, I guess he wasn't here either because the, he says that the loneliness of just being in his dorm by himself all the time. He got this letter and it, like, what's the quote? He says, I fell in love with this girl. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I guess I want to hit on
0: this, man. Like, the internet in 2023 is somewhat divided, and a lot of people think that lyrically, this song by today's standards is creepy I disagree
1: where do you stand if you're a 26 year old <laughs> probably don't fantasize and hit on 18 year olds 100 that's honestly that's where I'm gonna keep it though he mm-hmm. uh the the quote that gets taken out of context that I've heard out of context is um that it's actually a 14 year old girl that wrote the letter but his whole quote about it is he's like yeah I fell in love with her but that's crazy. Like she's some random girl that I'm never going to meet. She's probably just like some 14 year old writing love letters to me. Like it's very offhanded. Right. <laughs> he's like, Oh no, it's really stupid the, that the, I The fell quote in love is with. very
0: obvious or it's just like, you know, I got this letter and this was my mental state. And like, I fell in love with this idea, but like, you know, that's and he's fucking like, crazy. I was probably just some kid that yep. like
1: <laughs> changed my life with this song.
0: Right. Um, and there, I you know, I think there was also a little bit of an internet misconception uh, that went around for a while that like the girl in this letter ended up being the girl that is currently married to Rivers, <laughs> right? That is uh, Rivers' longtime wife, and no, and that is like just patently not true. So, like, that has been used as ammunition against this song, like a a horrible out-of-context misquote as well as just, like, patently false information. And I really do think if we just want to take this song lyrically outside of any information that we know about it, I think it can be described as, like, a dude that is feeling lonely when... He like everyone else is telling him that he shouldn't be feeling lonely, and like I don't think that like I don't think anything in the song is really shitty at all. Like in, <laughs> if you're 26 and hitting on 18 year olds don't hit on 18 year old. Stop doing that.
1: <laughs> hit on other 26 year old. Right, absolutely. Like
0: give um, yourself like a year and a half
1: gap tops. I mean, it, there's some lines that really creep me out in this song, but you're you're right. There, there's just a couple of the the more sexual lyrics coming from rivers that make me squirm a little. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also,
0: but I think the, that's I, just a personal thing. I, 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 it, like, it I don't be, think they're it might be,
1: uh, the, these lyrics kind of go off the rails in like halfway through and I'm really confused by them. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that. At 10, I shaved my head and tried to be a monk. Is, is that him talking or is that the girl talking? <laughs> no idea um and if 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 we
0: knew more about the butterfly opera would we know more about this
1: maybe yeah and then
0: could be around because those continue to now pop it like now that we're out of the space opera yes we get into
1: the butterfly opera like constantly that yeah and it is kind of interesting that he has this real life interaction with someone from japan while he's obsessed with it currently i you know what i wouldn't be surprised if he comes out in like 10 years and says that he completely made all this up about the letter.
0: I could see it. <laughs> I could see it. That being said, um, Bill, this has been a weird conversation. Should we get back to the good
1: life? No, I could probably keep talking about it Across the Sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the good life. <laughs> damn that's a good song we've hit like pinkerton formula there's there's blue formula pinkerton formula which is personal lyrics harsh ass guitar solos and crunchy low produced tones yeah
0: um so lyrically this song is not super subtly about yeah. uh rivers at harvard post knee surgery uh sick of being in pain and walking around with a cane and wanting to dance and have fun again. I, and you can see that on uh so this was actually released on an EP called uh the Oz E P. Yeah. And the back uh panel of this was actually like an X ray of Rivers' knee with like the brace around it.
1: Oh. Um Yeah, I mean this is definitely the most autobiographical on this album anyways. Yeah. Um God damn. This is
0: like yeah, just like we had talked about like, you know, Holiday is one of those songs on Blue that's it's like this is exactly what this album was supposed to sound and mm-hmm. feel like. Um this uh, this song is exactly what Pinkerton
1: is supposed to be. Yeah. And it's it's good. I yeah, I definitely think so. The um the single released for this song was a uh, the cover of it is a picture taken from the Pinkerton release show that they held in the, what was that, Tower Records parking lot?
0: Yeah, uh, there was a Tower Records parking lot show for an album release, um, and and that's where Rivers worked. Um, oh, yeah, right. Pre-forming Weezer. Um, so, yeah, fun place to kind of throw that show. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, the, the, like, back of that. That's the, oh there's the x-ray the, yeah, yeah right here um, um so that, interesting
1: yeah well and then the b-side for the uh the single of the good life is i just threw out the love of my dreams which has been
0: getting some considerable tiktok
1: that it's going viral as of this recording tiktok moves quick but uh so that's rachel haddon on vocals from that dog and it was written for songs from the black hole Okay. Apparently, apparently, Rachel and the band would work on this song when they were touring with that dog. Hmm. That's when, during sound check, they would work on it, and she would uh, cr- she crushes the vocals on that song. But that'll we could probably bring that will Th- come bullshit. back up in
0: the B sides. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. That's probably my B side pick. All right. Well, while we're here, let's uh go ahead and move on to the next one, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Next, we got El Scorcho. what a weird song what a weird song indeed um and i don't really think this song sounds exactly like it fits on pinkerton i think it might sound a little bit more like a blues b-side. Uh,
1: i don't i don't know if I, maybe a b-side because like the structure is just one riff the whole time right and so
0: this song was written in 1992 actually so it was more of that mindset then. This song does predate the Blue album, um, and then apparently, according to Weezerpedia, it was also used as the outro to the demo "Blast Off" uh, while attending
1: Harvard in '95. Okay, so yeah, so you, I mean, it's a great riff. Like, definitely keep it around if you if you write that fun little boom boom like. Hell yeah, keep that. Right.
0: Hmm. There's also references all over the song to, uh, we've got some wrestling that I know you're championing the bit to talk about. Uh, we'll get there in a second. but uh, with, We've also got our Butterfly references. Yeah, our Cho Cho San. Uh, dating um, back to 92 again, which is interesting, kind of showing you how far back this was going. Yeah. Um, like this was happening pre-Blue Album. Um, goddamn, just obsessed. always kind of in the
1: background with rivers. Obsessed with, I, I always just want to say it, Madame Butterfly, because I don't like saying Madame Butterfly. Yeah, same. An English novel about Japanese and U.S. soldiers adapted into an Italian opera, later loved by Connecticut, New York rivers. Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> um. I want to say this one, like we talked about across the sea. I think these lyrics get called creepy a bit too. I'm just going to say, don't go read someone's diary. Yeah, (laughs) I will agree with that 100%. And
0: I think that also reiterating that if you are above 19 and a half, don't date 18 year olds.
1: Yes, yes, Exactly. And and Rivers really is obsessed with Japanese women, and he wants you to know about it. He makes a point to make sure we know. Yes. <laughs> but I, I don't think the lyrics are as bad as some people make them out. But uh, because, well, so... <clears throat> Rivers claims to have lifted a lot of this from a... Paper he was peer-reviewing in Harvard. Because apparently, Rivers doesn't know shit about wrestling or ECW, especially in 96. In 96, ECW was still like an underground promotion for the most part. Like, they had really bad televised VHS tapes. for Not televised, like they just made tapes, essentially, and were on public access. So he, he was not watching wrestling. He uh, apparently he took that line and one of the other lines that he read in her diary he actually read on somebody's paper they were working on okay i would, fine <laughs> don't
0: read people's diaries
1: right don't read diaries but you can peer you can peer review peer review a paper and i guess but like what kind of harvard
0: paper that you're peer reviewing has anything to do with e CW wrestling. I don't know. Like he's in uh it says it's a music course. Um <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a creative writing. Oh no, okay. By another? one of his more the classmates in in an expository writing class. Yeah, see? Okay. And um, if you're not fine. a wrestling fan,
1: then there's probably a line in the song that just sounds like fucking word salad. And that line is watching grunge leg drop New Jack through a press table. Probably sounds like nonsense (laughs) if you don't know. So that's like
0: one wrestler using a wrestling move to put another wrestling move through a table?
1: Yes, that is half of public enemy Johnny Grunge delivering a leg drop to certified insane person and criminal New Jack through a table used for press conferences. And New Jack is crazy. Okay. Go, interesting. Go they're called press tables? tables? I've always called those church tables. Church tables? Well, if you're having church, they're a church tables. If you're having a press conference, press oh, table. I
0: mean, that looks like they're
1: having a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, I was going to ask you go to the Green Day concert. John, you love following Green Day and Weezer.
0: Yeah. So this is an interesting one because this, again, not a lyric... That was written. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see how the lyrics change since. Right, because we know that we've seen them perform it live as uh Foo Fighters concert when they were <laughs> yes. on tour with the Foo Fighters. And he will replace Green Day um, with Foo Fighters. But, yeah, it is interesting to me. I'm not seeing anything on which, like, it was anything other than Green Day before. So the fact that it was listed as Green Day in 1992, which would still be two years pre-Dookie.
1: It makes me think it probably wasn't. Because the the whole point of the lyric yeah. is that Green Day is a very, very popular band. And she's never heard of this popular band because she's cool. And half Japanese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so who was it who was the band in 1992 probably nirvana yeah because oh, this is greek or cobain you know yeah. asked you to go to a nirvana show he so said you never heard of this that? is wild speculation by the way yeah a- absolute <laughs> fucking wild speculation before we get too far into that should we jump into the next one bill yeah, yeah let's go all right pink triangle So something we have not really hit on at all um, on Blue and really now, do you as a musician, Bill, know what distortion pedal Rivers likes to use when he's recording his albums?
1: I am the least gearhead-minded musician you
0: will meet. That's okay, because this is even something that I'm sure you would know, because He doesn't use a distortion pedal.
1: Oh, that's right. I uh, was listening to an interview with him, and he was talking about that. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can get distortion through, especially if you're using good gear through tube amps and... Like, it's definitely possible. That should be a guest. We need a gearhead to talk Weezer gear on one of these episodes. We
0: absolutely need a gearhead to get in here. Um, but, yeah, no, that that's something we didn't bring up on Blue Album that I thought we should have. But, uh, yeah, no no distortion pedal for Rivers.
1: Well, um, speaking uh, of the sound and from Blue Album to this, um, without Scott, not Scott, uh, Jason Cropper, we don't have those jangly guitar bits anymore or complicated finger-picking styles. I I think this is kind of the closest we get to that is on this song, and it's nowhere near that jangly acoustic blue sound.
0: No. Um, But that does start to come back on green a hell of a lot more, doesn't
1: it? I guess we'll find out when we get all the way to green. Oh, yeah, I
0: guess so. Um, But, Uh, okay, okay,
1: more on Pink Triangles (laughs) specifically. Yeah, I think this is the last time I have to say this on this album. Don't tell people to not be gay so you can date them you can fall in love with people that aren't attracted to you all you want but don't make don't make that their problem <laughs> that's about the only as far as problematic lyrics go i think that's the final one on the album
0: uh yes but also i will like completely agree with you 100 percent. do not do that i will also say uh pretty minorly problematic in the grand scheme of things it is not a song that is mostly like i'm gonna make this lesbian girl love me (laughs) it's
1: true that's true i am
0: sad this is a lesbian girl damn it i'm sad about that
1: which is Um, once again true story from harvard
0: yeah uh so this was a session two or three song for pink triangle this was a session two song this is uh so yeah oh man so that heartbreak came at him quick yeah (laughs) because we we only get two songs that come out of the second um session and that is the winter break session for rivers and we get el scorcho and pink triangle
1: back to back yeah which uh are two of the singles and pink triangle is kind of an interesting single it's With the low production value of everything, uh, the studios and I think the band, too, knew that the singles needed to be, uh, I think their quote is saying radio quality. Mm -hmm. So they did give these songs more production than other ones. Okay. Uh, But when they realized they needed to re-record the bass on Pink Triangle, um, Matt Sharp was on tour with the Rentals. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so they had a one of their friends i don't know if he's one of their friends or the studio got him actually because there's not a whole lot on uh scott Reebling scott Reebling scott ribling sorry if we're butchering
0: that i but, figure it's uh, one of the two
1: yeah weezerpedia only mentions him uh dropping in to record this track
0: okay so i mean maybe you know knock out el scorcho in a couple days then matt sharp has to leave and then yeah we get Pink tron coming out
1: yeah. um, or maybe the bass was good on el scorcho from the jump and this one just it's weird little things like that where when there's studio whether how much the studio is helping produce this album there's still a point where they need to get it to radio stations make music videos for it and shit needs to happen with these songs so they need to sound good
0: yeah um so we're not going to get Matt Sharp. We need to get somebody in there quick. We need to sound tight. We need to sound right because we need to put out a couple post-blue singles that are ready to air as soon as you're ready for them. Um, okay. So, yeah, Pink Triangle. Song about being in college and meeting a lesbian girl at a party. And he'd be like, damn, she's hot.
1: No, no, it was in it was in class. In class? Yeah, he saw her every day and was like, that's the girl for me. No, no, it's no, not. It's not
0: rivers. No, it's not. Barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. All right. Well, pink triangle. That's done. Uh, should we get to? We we just got a couple tracks left here, Bill. Yeah. Let's uh, jump into "Fallen for You," track nine. Baby, So that, to me, is this album hitting its formula perfectly.
1: Uh, I think you're right. That is solid Pinkerton formula.
0: Yes, 100%. That is the Pinkerton formula. And, again, that this was uh, very likely the second-to-last song written for Pinkerton.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into the story of the last one in a second here. Yeah, but most of the album is put on the album in the order... That they were like, I guess not all written, but definitely completed. Because those first four songs were in the first session. It's just Across the Sea and uh, Good Life that are kind of jump ahead.
0: Right, so we have a couple jumps. And it's so interesting to now know like the backstory of all this between the actual opera that he was obsessed with kind of in the background. The rock opera that was partially written, never finished, and all that. And the actual rock album that came of all of it.
1: Yeah, that is heavily based off of the opera he likes and holds remnants of the opera he tried to create.
0: The entire thing like, maintains a theme and a feel all the way through. While also being written like over a few years in
1: multiple different sets, yeah, recorded and almost man. yeah, recorded it and it took almost a year to do. Yeah, and and
0: to see the difference, like we we've talked about some of the songs that like made Rivers more commit to Pinkerton over songs from the Black Hole. And this song, like the second-to-last song written and recorded for Pinkerton, really does feel to me like a full culmination of the commitment to the idea of this album. And it hit
1: hard. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. This is also kind of one of the only songs that does have, like, a full happy ending. Like, lyrically, he is, the, the whole album is tossed up between, like, having too much sex and not having any sex and wanting love or wanting to go party more. And then this one is like the full story of just like, man, I like that girl. If she liked me, I'd stop partying all the time and just go live with her and love her. And that happens throughout the uh, courses, actually.
0: Yeah, and then, like, there's absolutely, like, you know, kind of a fear of commitment in this and, like, an oh shit, like, and, um, am I deserving of it in the lyrics as well? But, uh, god damn, man.
1: Why Why is there a cello again? What's with the cello <laughs> that keeps popping up in this album? My
0: guess is that is it? it's a more niche reference to the opera i don't know man i think he was
1: i think he was in love with a girl with a cello he was at music school people were playing cellos right okay i'm, so I'm gonna say there was a girl that, i mean in in el scorcho it you she, the redhead said you play the cello i think this is the same el scorcho half japanese girl that uh rivers is obsessed with okay this is this is it, what is he wants this to some of the first ending. establishment of weezer lore I think there's some stuff from Blue that is going to come back around, but we need to keep our eyes out for more cellos. Okay. Uh,
0: Bill, we got one more song on this album, and this one is it's, it's Butterfly. We've been talking about Butterfly for an hour-ish now, and uh, I think we just need to get to this one. Yes. All right. Yes, we do. Without further ado. No more sign in her breast. I'm sorry for what I did I did what my body told me to I didn't to do your harm Every time I pin down what I think I want That feels like the right way Not just to end this album But like To end the story of like, everything that kind of surrounded Pinkerton, you
1: know? It's so fu- it's so fucking good. God damn it. I'm mad. I wanted to come into this with the fucking contrarian. Like, Pinkerton's not their best album. Jesus fucking Christ. It's like, so When it was the last time you sat down and listened to the whole thing? Like, oh, man. God. Well, this is the first time I've listened to it since <laughs> learning about an entire uh, early 1900s opera. And... Uh, yeah, the it might have been long at at the start of this to get the whole story out, but like that's what this song is, but it also encompasses this whole journey of rivers that we explored with him going to school and like figuring his shit out.
0: Yeah, like this song and this album and the rock opera that never was and the real opera that existed and the book that it's based on like they're all the same they're all necessary for like what is the end product of pinkerton being the delightful experience that we
1: just went through yeah but you know what happens when you get this fucking butterfly of a perfect album and put it in a jar it fucking dies john and it almost kills this band. Like he did what he wanted to, and I think he fucking pulled it off. I think I would take Rivers as a serious artist, like he wanted. If this is where where Weezer went, if this is if this progression continued, like I'm mad. I'm, <laughs> I'm. I like. This.
0: I'm very upset at how good that was honestly because now we have to i mean let, right, let's knock out a few things but one of the things that we have to knock out is people didn't fucking buy this album for some reason yeah uh all right so first and foremost uh this album had an album cover like albums too uh it it so it's a piece of artwork by a japanese artist yeah because um, of course it
1: is for this one i believe hero shige, shige. Fuck, I need to work on Jabba. Yeah, He's Hiroshige is my Chiba. guess, but totally butchering it. Um, but yeah, River's girlfriend, um, she's she's called his on and off again girlfriend for like the very early 90s. Prob- I think it's from like 91 to 94, uh, Jennifer Chiba. Um, she actually came up in the songs for the Black Hole that a lot of his and her relationship was the basis for this love triangle storyline on that spaceship. So she did have a big influence on, like, Rivers' probably attitude towards women because he does seem a little, I don't know. He's got some issues, but I think he's working on them with this album.
0: Okay. Um, And Rivers is not the only musical figure that Jennifer Chiba has been with,
1: right? That's true. We did learn that um, she was actually with uh, Elliot Smith at the time, not physically with him, but dating Elliot Smith when Elliot Smith committed suicide.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, So, yeah, it was a Japanese artwork introduced by girl Jennifer Chiba. Uh, on the insert of the CD, there is like a really intricately made map. And like it, it
1: it's a fake map, right? Like not of a real place or... I th- I, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say it's a take on Japan. Oh, it's definitely Japan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: that but it's still got references to the yes, opera. It is um, a fake
1: map. There's a Weezer W up here. Um, there is a Michael and Carly Island. Love who that. We'll get to next uh, next episode. Yep. Um, then there's also just a bunch of <laughs> like when things are named around here. There's a couple of references just to things that rivers like likes i mean i guess you could say their influences but um just like Ingve maldstein uh, brian wilson ace freely like there's just you know you make a fake map you need fake names for things
0: all right well love that so yeah that was in the cd insert um, yeah
1: well and talk about a step away from the blue album cover
0: yeah absolutely a complete departure like one the album gets a name Two, it's not just the dude standing there, which we know yeah. thirty years later is just the well, thing I they mean, like to do. At the time
1: they didn't have that branding. It was it's still just I feel like it would be jarring to see how far the style stepped away.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so, yeah, this album
0: also had a couple singles, a couple music videos, as they do. Uh, the first one was uh, El Scorcho, released September 19th of 96, actually five days before the album drops. Nice. Uh, so we got a pre-album single, which is always fun.
1: I think um, a theme here is all of these videos are boring, and that was intentional. Very intentional. And yeah. uh, after making such a good album, I kind of wanted smack rivers. Because he did everything he could to make sure this album wouldn't be successful.
0: We will get back into that (laughs) on the on the road album because there is uh, something that we just have to talk about. But I I digress. Uh,
1: Spike Jones wanted to do the video for El Scorcho
0: and uh, Rivers said no. Yeah, he wanted essentially just the band in a ballroom with a bunch of different light fixtures. Uh, Which is
1: fucked up because Spike Jones made a video of them just playing in a room and it was great.
0: <laughs> right. Like he's done that before. Just make it good and make it interesting and you can totally do it. Uh, but either way, Spike Jones was not allowed to do it. They get uh, Mark Romanek, Romanek, I'm butchering that again, Lo Siento. Uh, he has some legit music video credits, but he quits this video during production. Yeah.
1: Arguments with Rivers, verbal arguments. Rivers had to edit the video himself.
0: About a video of the band, like playing in a room with some lights. Yeah. Man. What was
1: Mark trying? Maybe Mark was trying to do something interesting and Rivers was like, no. <laughs> like what if the camera does? Uh-uh. I right. Don't, I and don't think like, so. I, hey, I don't
0: know too much and I don't want to bash. Uh, but yeah, like it just... Not a good video. Yeah. Uh, Second video they have, uh, we like because of, you know, (laughs) reasons, but uh, The Good Life. This one comes out on October 29th of
1: 96. It's Um, filmed, like, on really bad digital cameras. There's a weird splicing where, um, well, I guess nowadays if you see, like, a uh, horizontal video on TikTok and they blow up the background so that there's kind of, like, a fuzzy version of that video filling up the dead space... They kind of did something like that, but it looks horrible.
0: Yeah, Um, and it does star—oh, God, I lost her name already. Well, you can't pronounce it, so— Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Uh, The character actress, she plays Heartfire in Arrested Development, later seasons, and uh, probably more notably as Gail the Snail in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, She's a pizza delivery girl. Yeah, and again, not a great video more interesting than
1: i guess yeah um well and then when time comes to do a third single for pink triangle the studio has given up they're not gonna fund a video uh so carl carl cook made a
0: video yeah he took some footage from a show uh August 23rd 96 in Reading. I think it was at the Reading
1: Leeds festival. I believe so. And some uh, some footage of uh, Pinkerton recording.
0: Uh but we wouldn't know because the Weezerpedia actually tells us in this instance that <laughs> the show happened in DC.
1: It was at the Reading festival
0: but like it it, it was absolutely in the UK, not DC on August 23rd 96 oh, and wow. I was like Still a very young child at that point, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that was in the UK that day <laughs> based on
1: everything we've seen. Uh, well, so those are the three videos. None of these got commercially successful or radio play. Or uh,
0: placed on uh, the installation disc of an operating <laughs> system. Yeah. It did not make windows 95. Uh, so yeah, but either way, Pinkerton, it, it does initially release on September 24th, 1996, and it does not do horribly, critically, I mean, yeah. initially.
1: It spikes to number 19 on the Billboard But it kind of charts. spiked and dove down. Where it spiked it bl- and dove down. Blue grew. Yes. Everybody was excited to hear what the next Weezer album was, and nobody wanted to hear it after they figured out it wasn't just Blue again. Yeah. Yeah critically i do
0: do totally want to say it was mixed critically and by mixed critically i mean some people really disliked it and ripped into it a lot of people and i would say most of like the critics and the reviewing boards that mattered kind of you know were giving seven out of tens and three out of fives kind of meaning just like look, man, like, this is solid.
1: It's just not what I wanted as a follow-up to Weezer. Yeah, and pretty much any one of those places that didn't give it a perfect uh, went back and uh, retroactively said 10 out of 10 (laughs) album.
0: Yes, but because of the, you know, somewhat because of that, and also, like, that was kind of the general consensus, was this is not what we expected from Weezer. Therefore, it really, really, really commercially flopped, whereas um, the Blue album went double platinum within one year. It took 20 years for
1: Pinkerton to go platinum. Yeah. And how did Rivers feel about that? Well, so, like, before it was coming out, uh, he was pretty excited. He said the second album feels a lot more like us, Um, feels a lot more like me, which... Is true, I think, and uh, after the first year of it being out, Rivers says, "Uh, we're going to play older songs on this tour. Uh, I heard this song on the radio, and I was struck by how pathetic I sounded, and uh, uh, I think I was bummed out when I wrote it, and I was talking about Good Life.
0: Oh, man, that's not ideal. I
1: mean, like, yeah, he was bummed out when he wrote it. He's supposed to be. Uh, and then in 2000, he thinks of the most painful things in his life. This day is the cult around Pinkerton. It's just a sick album, sick in a disease sort of way.
0: So like he's mad at people that enjoy Pinkerton because he hates it so much? Yeah, about six Four years. Four years after
1: it's release, uh, then I don't like Pinkerton. He <laughs> just says in 2002, interview with Kerrang. Are we platinum yet, John?
0: Oh, no. No, we're still in 2002. we got another 14 years here.
1: 2005. So he keeps distancing himself from Pinkerton. He spends six years now. Saying how much it sucks. Okay. Until we finally get around to the re-release deluxe.
0: And that happens in 2010. 2010, we re-release a deluxe edition of Pinkerton. Yes.
1: And then he says, 2010, right around 2001, when we put out the Green Album, I said a lot of negative things about Pinkerton. Yes, you did. (laughs) We just heard some of them. Uh, He later says, though, our first two records feel like classic rock records now, especially for this generation. Uh, Maybe a bit early to be saying that. Maybe, but but, uh, he also, I think it's a brilliant album. I love it. I love the songs. So. (laughs) Okay, so he starts coming around (laughs) on
0: it, no five. So he's, he's early on it, actually. A little early on it, okay. Uh, but then it does eventually go platinum in 2016, and then what? Some of his later quotes about it, because eventually Rivers comes around to where the rest of the world has come around to, and it's just like picked fucking rules,
1: man. Like, yeah, no, he said, <laughs> he says I said an offhanded thing nine years ago, but uh, <laughs> an offhanded thing. Offhanded you were thing quoted all nine the time years ago for four nine years straight. Yeah, no, he definitely walked it all back because he, uh, I don't, I don't even know if he, we're, we're going to have to talk about it later. This, this isn't a Pinkerton discussion. He hate as of right now, with the album bombing in 1996, he's mad about it. And it's going to cause problems.
0: It is. Um, one of the problems it seems to cause is, uh, something I think we're going to get into much more in-depth kind of to kick off the touring episode. But um, early on in the promotion for this album, uh, on November 22nd of 96, Weezer does a TV performance in Canada for Much Music. Um, And much like the VMAs, man doesn't really seem like Matt Oof. is having a great time with Weezer at the moment.
1: It's a weird one. Um, but so they, again, that's during the touring cycle. They go straight back into a huge tour to support this. So as they're doing this tour, they're just seeing the numbers go down for Pinkerton. They're seeing the negative feedback from their fans, and they have to stay out. the shows get emptier and emptier as yeah. they continue this and tour. They have to stay on the road for like a year straight to try to make money off this. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um so bill before we leave this band that's about to go into a really really rough touring cycle because they put out a sophomore release which a lot of people especially at this time would consider the absolute definition of a sophomore slump. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they like have to play a lot of shows in a year, so that's where we're leaving Weezer. But mm-hmm. where are we leaving Pinkerton? <laughs> Fuck, man, I, we got to rate this album. I
1: don't want to do it.
0: I don't want to do it either. I know what
1: I'm gonna do, and I don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> are you gonna piss off Weezer fans, or are you gonna give this album
1: a ten? This is a ten out of ten. This is perfect. <laughs> okay. Oh, if you're 26, don't try to date 18 year olds. But this album's perfect.
0: Like, it's so hard because you're so right. Like, there's nothing, everything that we brought up today about the cringy aspects of this album are 100% cringy. And anybody that says that is not really wrong at all. But that doesn't take away from the fact that this album is a nine. (laughs) It's
1: because if you like someone, don't read their diary.
0: Uh, I think it's nearly perfect. I think there are, um, I think you can actually tell that it was recorded in a few different sessions. And I'm really, really, really being nitpicky here. But I think even just that noticeable lack of cohesion uh, detracts
1: from perfect ten. Yeah. Ten is perfect. You said you said you didn't uh, didn't feel like El Scorcho should be here.
0: It like it's a one of the it's a perfect Weezer song, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's a it feels more like a B side of blue. It feels closer to Paperface than it does the good life. Uh, even though it fits magnificently on this album. So, yeah, 999,
1: nine, nine, nine. it is a near-perfect album. All right. Uh, well, Green Day goddamn. is uh, not the biggest band in the world. John, I don't think they're ever going to be the biggest band in the world. I got bad news for you. No, they never are. It's just they're going to be up here. Um, yeah, but uh, Green Day is still riding high off Dookie. Insomniac doesn't do as well, but Green Day keeps up the uh, festival circuit and crushes it.
0: Yeah, The Offspring has put up a uh, follow-up to Smash, Ixnay on the Ombre. Also, similarly, does not do nearly as well. Yep, still Um, a lot of
1: big hits off that, though.
0: Yeah, so Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is out. In 95, they put out One Hot Minute, and eh. Uh, Metallica (laughs) doesn't actually kind of reach there like resurgence yeah until a little bit later well, are,
1: are we at what is this load reload era I yeah believe. we're
0: we are at load reload absolutely in yeah. ninety five, ninety six. um and then foo fighters we know the foo fighters 95 that was a big thing uh but wait until our like literal next episode <laughs> and foo fighters are going to be a fucking thing again um okay yeah wow pinkerton
1: bill that was that was a delight that's what, that's, we're at what Pinkerton should be doing and we're about to get into bad things when we get on tour.
0: Yeah. Um This is kind of the start of like the public opinion of Weezer just being wrong. <laughs> like this is the first time and I, like, I think it happens a lot throughout their career, but like, ah,
1: oh man. Wow. Got to start somewhere. Okay.
0: Well, this has been a long one. We should get the fuck out of here. Uh, join us next time we are doing the years of pinkerton in review this time we got 96 97 and 98 correct uh before we come back so yeah join us next time this is gonna be a lot of fun um anybody that's been here up until now thank you please reach out to us on any of our socials let us know what you like let us know what you don't like uh we're a new show we want to do well for you so um let us know hit us up i mean thank you so much for being here uh Bill, you a Weezer fan?
1: I guess. Uh, uh, Bill, where can the people find us? You can check us out on Twitter or X at A-Y-A-W-F pod or just search Are You Weezer fan? And we are on TikTok and Instagram at Are You a Weezer fan? All
0: right. Uh, Yeah, and don't forget, you can also find us on Patreon. That link is going to be in the description if you want to uh, support us and get some fun bonus content where we listen to pretty much exclusively non-Weezer music. Uh, We still talk about Weezer, though. It happens. Um, Yeah, we'll see you next time.